The Final Hooter with Adrian Jackson and David Parkinson. Hello and welcome to this. It's the Love Rugby League podcast with The Final Hooter. My name's Dave Parkinson. Joined as ever in these strange and wonderful and weird times from the other end of his telephone line, it's Adrian Jackson. How you doing, mate? You make, you make it sound like a miles away. Well, you are, you are a few miles away. Mm, yeah, yeah, fair enough, okay. Now I'll go with that. But you're actually on location, aren't you, this time round? Well, you see, folks, we're doing this on a Sunday. Bit of a rarity for us. I thought it's got to be a match day somewhere. Yeah. No rugby. Ah, Well, I feel like I'm preparing for a game, actually, having a chat with you, because we've worked so often on Sunday afternoons, haven't we, down the years? Yeah. Um, You know, and it's getting me back into a bit of a groove, to be honest, and try to think a bit about rugby league on a Sunday. Thinking about Sunday rugby league, you think... Considering we've got games on different days of the week all the way through the week with what's going on, you think you would pencil in some Sunday games, wouldn't you? You would do, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. So I don't. Oh, 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 do Super League players have it in the contracts? Can't play on a Sunday. <laughs> we seem to be getting that way, don't we? There's very few it teams. That way. <laughs> very few I mean, teams people, playing on a Sunday. Maybe a weird one in the next week. You got like, Salford kicking off at half past two on a Tuesday afternoon. I don't actually get why Salford and Leeds are actually playing, by the way, ahead of the Challenge Cup. Yeah, surely you could wait a couple of days after and have them playing, you know, like two or three days later. Exactly. But hey, it is what it is. You've got to get on with it. Funny you should mention the Challenge Cup. What a story that is for Salford. I know. I mean, there we were a couple of weeks ago, last time we sat down to do one of these recordings, and we were expecting, really, that Wigan and Warrington have made the final. I think everyone did. And, and Salford upset the apple cart, and even Leeds upset the apple cart. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I felt that certainly Leeds, they were superior tactically to Wigan. Um, and Salford just had more guts and gumption than Warrington in the end, I think. I think with Leeds and Wigan, because uh, it's wet weather rugby, I think Leeds just play the conditions better than Wigan. Uh, as for Warrington, Salford, Salford showed a lot of guts to come back from 10 points down. Cause that, how many fans were watching that game on TV? When when um, Ben Murdoch and Silla crashed over, how many thought that was game over? I have to admit, I thought so, actually, watching that on TV, too. I was, like, thinking, no, there's surely no way back here for Salford because it was about, there was about 15 minutes left, wasn't there? It was. Were well, you thinking that should be game over for what, for, for Salford? But hey, what, what a comeback and, and, what, and what a way to score it, uh, to finish the game and win it. Sorry. They seem to be making a habit of it, don't they, in the Challenge Cup this year? Because, I mean, they went into extra time and a golden point victory in the last round and <laughs> came up with a, a decisive knockout blow a few a couple of minutes from time in that game against uh, against Warrington. Uh, you know what's funny about that? They celebrated the Cathans victory better than what they did against Warrington. <laughs> Which is unreal considering against Catalans, they all caught the two hundred and fifty quid fine. Is that is that not all? Is that not what it's about though? Do you not what celebrating tries? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I know, I know that they, they have sort of like eased off on it now, haven't they? The rugby league. Oh, they've, they've gone back the fines now. They, they've, I don't know whether they've dropped them entirely, but certainly right. it's not quite as strict as it once was. So maybe we'll see some of these, uh, you know, weird and wonderful try celebrations coming back again. I just feel sorry for Salford. It's been 50 years since they got to a cup final at Wembley. And unfortunately, the, the Red Devils can't take any fans down there with them to, to enjoy the moment. Yeah, it's galling really, isn't it? You know, the fact yeah. that... Um, How unlucky is that? You could, probably go, you could probably go watching the Challenge Cup final in a cinema though, couldn't you, to be fair? Um, but yet you can't get fans actually in the ground, socially distanced. Yeah, I mean, Salford were looking at maybe having a screen at the, at the ground at the AJ Bell Stadium, but they decided uh, the powers that be 
I've allowed them not to, to do it. So uh, any fans watching, they have to do it in a pub if they can find one or sit at home. I suppose that's where recording this, though. I know that certainly Manchester. I know Salford and Manchester don't like to be classed as the same thing, and I know the different cities. But certainly Manchester's got one of the highest COVID ratings in the country at the minute, haven't they? So uh, I, you can see why they're being a bit careful with it to a certain extent. Yeah, strict lockdowns. Certainly, certainly earn taking a grip of the world of rugby league, isn't it? I mean, got lockdowns where fans can't go to the games. Players are getting tested positive. I mean, we had this situation where Castleford dropped out last minute, and whole FC stepped into play the game there's something almost um i, I don't know self-fulfilling prophecy about that isn't there really because uh, didn't castleford jump in when hull had the initial breakout so it, yeah. it, it was almost poetic if you like poetic justice that hull were able to do exactly the same thing i mean Daryl powell has turned around and said um if no it's no buts you've got to somehow finish the season but um do you think you will? Do you think we'll get through the next seven weeks? Mm, I mean, I, I certainly hope so. And, you know, I think this is the reason why, I know we were debating in the last show, weren't we, regarding sort of win percentages and all that type of business coming back into vogue. And uh, I, I do get the feeling that we, we might end up seeing more games postponed over the next seven weeks. Um, I and, think so as well. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, I just get the feeling as well, it seems to be unravelling at Castleford. Yeah. You, you would think he was in the safest job on earth at the start of the season. But, virtually since we've come back out of lockdown and the Super League's got back underway, they've hardly been able to buy a win, have they? And it just seems no. he's getting more and more frustrated. He's showing more and more signs that, you know, things are getting on top of him. And I just sort of wonder, I mean, I, I know that, you know, I, I rate Daryl Powell. I like him. I, I like what he says. I like how he plays the game. I like how he thinks about the game. Uh, but is it starting to unravel there for him with everything else that's getting going, going on at Cass? Yeah, it's unravelling for all the clubs, aren't they? They seem to be struggling to get a, a squad of players on the field they're literally going through the youth fans and trying to fulfil fixtures now aren't they uh, it's getting to the point now where I've even started training again and maybe throw my name in the hat for the team to play I mean everybody else is doing it so I might as well have a go as well you're, you're, you're a little I'm bit... available anyone listen to this I'm available honestly you're a little bit older than James Graham though doesn't matter <laughs> Doesn't matter. I've still got it in the hands. I've still got it in the hair. I can play. Listen, you're even a little bit older than Paul Sykes, Liam Finn, and Gavin <laughs> Ensign. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. But you know, they can do it. So can I. Okay, okay. Uh, talk, talking of which, I mean, there's a, a massive story, another massive story from West Wales. I, I'm loving the fact that we can move away from talking about how many points they're conceding every week to who they're actually signing. So they've succeeded in signing almost half of the army team, it would seem. Um, yeah. And they've also brought in Rangi Chase to partner Gavin Henson in the halfbacks. I mean, did you see that was a right left field one? I didn't see that one coming, did you? Well, no one saw Gavin Henson coming, and certainly not Rangi Chase. He, he has been instructing stuff for Doncaster, hasn't he? Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe just feels life in the world of rugby league in the valleys might be better for him rather than the Pennines. Certainly lots of open air, that's for sure, in the valleys. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. Um, but I, I just think that's an amazing signing for him. And, and particularly, as, as as we both know, having seen Rangi throughout his days, he's a mercurial talent, isn't he? You know, so he there's, there's, And he can still turn it on with little... You can still see little snippets in his game and stuff. And I, I hope that it really works out for him, to be honest. I mean... I suppose the big question is how many games will he actually play while he's still around? Who knows? You know, he knows what goes through Rangi Chase's mind. When his mind's on playing rugby, sensational play, but unfortunately the demons always seem to get the better of him. 
Well, I, you know, I, I'm sort of like one of those where I'm willing to give him yet another chance. I know he's had quite a few chances, to be honest, but he is just that type of talented player and, and the sort of halfbacks that we don't we don't tend to see a lot over here these days. Uh, that I, I really want it to succeed for him, for his sake more than anybody, I think. Well, you mentioned chances. This has got to be the last chance to loom bar for him, isn't it? I mean, if this doesn't work out for him, where can he go? Seriously, where can he go? Mm. There's, there's literally nowhere else, really, is there? You're just talking about, you know, League League One clubs, aren't you? Other League One clubs that may be available. You mentioned in the halfback combination, him and Gavin Henson, you mentioned the two at, at Dewsbury, Paul Sykes and Liam Finn. Here's a rugby question for you, and you can have a go at this and answering this when you're listening to this podcast on lovelybelie.com. Who is the oldest halfback combination out of them? Tell you what. I think it's a close one. I think it's a close one between both those halfback pairings. I think it's so the, really close. So the question is, are Paul Sykes and Liam Finn versus Gavin Henson and Rangi Chase, who is the oldest combination out of that? Who is the oldest? Get your thinking Ant- caps on. Answers coming up at the end of this podcast. I was going to say, no point doing answers on a postcard or... No. Ringing us up because, you know, we're not going to answer. <laughs> we're recording this, uh, as always, you know, sort of like really uh, distanced. <laughs> if, it, if it does work out for West Wales, the, the, them pair with the experience, you've got, all right, Henson's not played rugby league, but he's done it at the highest level going in rugby union. Um, it's a guy down with those inexperienced youngsters at West Wales. What an experience that's going to be for them guys. I think it's pretty exciting, to be honest. And then you, you chuck in the fact that they've signed a couple of the wingers from like the Army Rugby Union side, and they've got a lad from the, the Army Rugby League side. Obviously, that's the, the basis where uh, uh, the lad came from Hull as well, isn't it? You know, so the, yes. the, the talent's there in, in the armed forces. And I, I'm just really pleased because I've had a little bit of a chance over the last sort of 18 months or so to cover a bit of armed forces rugby league and speak to people involved. And, and they're just as committed as anybody. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it kind of pans out and works out for West Wales. I certainly hope that they're in for a, a much better 2021. Yeah, hopefully that will be the case. You've been around a while and you've had to put up with some heavy defeats and being criticised and everyone questioning what is the point of West Wales in the world of rugby league. But hopefully, with a couple of decent signings, they, they can turn the tide and hopefully get some positive results in their favour. Yeah, I think as you say as well, they've got a number of young players that are developing club. They, they seem to be pushing out in all kinds of different directions as well. I was reading something about them setting up a wheelchair rugby league side as well, which is all very, very encouraging, isn't it? Because I think the more the more options that our clubs can give to people to, to experience this wonderful game of ours that we call the greatest in the world, then that's surely got to be a good thing, hasn't it? I don't know if it's a more interesting story. The one in West Wales or the story unfolding in Toronto because that just seems to be getting a new owner in place and Super League have decided to give them more time to argue their point. Yeah, I think by the time people are listening to this... I think DJ's getting closer, isn't it? Yeah, I think by the time people might be listening to this in you know a day or so's time after us recording this on the Sunday, that, um, yeah, the, I'd imagine that... Carlos Livossi is uh, certainly putting together his, uh, I was going to say, um, body of evidence to swing it Toronto's way. What, what do you feel about this whole situation? Would you give him another shot? I mean, I mean, my point, my point has been, you know, they not fulfil the season. You know, that being anybody else, like a witness or a, or a Huddersfield, they might have just said to him this. Uh, 
drop down the division, come back stronger and make a, make a chance of Super League next season. But given the circumstances of these unusual times that we find ourselves in, and the game finds itself in as a sport, maybe they do deserve another shot. I, I think it. I think that would be the furthest option, to be honest. You know, I mean, I've heard a lot from you know Toronto fans. I've heard a lot from the people involved with Canadian rugby league, and I get the feeling there is a there is a real will and want, you know, for Toronto to continue. Um, Whether the clubs want it though, that's the, that's, the, that's the point, isn't it? They obviously feel some of the clubs obviously do. Well, they want to give them a four week extension to clarify some details that they're not happy about. I mean, that opens up an entirely different can of worms, doesn't it, as to why the clubs are actually deciding this and why it's not actually Super League itself. Well, at the end of the day, it's the clubs that have got to split the money with them, isn't it? That, that's the sticking point. They weren't getting any central funding un- under the last deal. Maybe under this new regime, they're saying we want some of the some of the money coming from the TV. Possibly, yeah, possibly. And I suppose the fact as well, we're in the last year of the TV contract, aren't we? So, yeah. And everybody's going to be taking a knock-on from the lack of games that have been shown this year. I do apologise for the kids screaming in the background. If you wonder where they am, by the way, I'm on, I'm on location. <laughs> uh, I'm actually in a coffee shop in Witness, and this is this is like a, a rugby league players magnet. Okay. Where they all seem to come for a coffee, honestly. I mean, before I walked in, Anthony Malawi was even sat here. Funnily enough, we're on about Toronto. He was sat in here having a coffee when I walked in. Yeah, yeah. So so did you manage a quick chat with him? What's he up to? No, no. Well, well I know his mum. I mean, his mum was telling me, Joe, when it all went pear-shaped at Toronto, he went working in a holiday camp in Cornwall. See, I like that. I like guys that are willing to roll their sleeves up and get involved in other stuff, you know. So he's gone back to real life, really, hasn't he, in this period of time? Yeah, and he's also signed a deal to go and play in France as well, hasn't he? So yeah. when, when's the French season start? Is it in November? I think it's November, yeah. So I think we're about All five right. weeks away from it. That might explain why he's back in Witness having a coffee in this coffee shop where I am at the minute. <laughs> but normally you get like Sir Willie Iston, the Wigan players in there and... Anthony Gallon will be sat here having a coffee sometimes. So it is like a rugby league knacker uh, for coffee lovers. I was joking with you before we actually pressed the record button, to be honest, because I said, oh, do they do decent pies there? Is that why there's, there's like Wiganers that end up going there? <laughs> no, it's strictly coffees and sandwiches <laughs> and cakes. But rugby league players like the cakes anyway, so it's their, it's their little treat that they must give themselves to when they're not training. <laughs> well, and cake. well agents like the cake and eat it don't they but never mind let's exactly. let's, let's move on before i get myself into any trouble uh, yeah um, move on uh yeah thinking thinking about this whole situation with uh with, with sort of toronto um i i think it opens a bigger can of worms in that they need to look at going forward about the whole governance of rugby league because i think that there's too much say that the club's actually having it rather than it being taken as a game issue a game-wide issue yeah, like I said, I think the clubs are having their say in it because they do let them back. And I imagine this new deal that the owners have put forward is they want some of that central funding where they weren't allowed to get that last season, were they? So the clubs are having more of a say in it because they're young and we're going to be giving away a percentage of our income here to allow them back into a, into a league where they couldn't fulfil the fixtures. Um, I've got a feeling, I'm guessing it by the way, I've got a feeling you will let them back in because of the circumstances. I think they're going to give them, they'll probably give them one last go. Yeah. See if it works out. If it does work out like, that way, you can imagine the likes of Lee and Featherstone will be shouting from the rooftop saying it, it's out of order. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not too sure about that, to be honest. You know, but um, perhaps, perhaps they will. Perhaps they will. Um, I mean, we all we all know that Derek Beaumont and uh, you know the chap at Featherstone, they're they're not backwards at coming forwards sometimes, are no. they? And putting no. their views forward. So I'm sure that if they do disagree with it, then we will be hearing stuff like you say. But I hope that people maybe look at Toronto and the whole case involved there with a little bit more, you know, will and want really, you know, so that we're we're actually looking at. at, at broadening the horizon so to speak because there must be only so many tele- satellite dishes that you can sell in Castleford <laughs> yeah without a doubt <laughs> now, that's just my take on it anyway you know I'm not, not that I disagree with any of uh, anybody that wants to go and buy a satellite dish in Castleford or anything like that or, or already has one you know I'm sort of, I'm treading that fine line here aren't I not to upset too many people <laughs> No, without a doubt. Uh, just think about the game as a whole, given the circumstances, you know, no fans or clubs have got no revenue in terms of receipt money or sponsorship and drifty line and what little money they're getting from the TV deal. Um, how much longer can we continue with, without any money coming into the game? I mean, I've seen an interview with Cal Fitzpatrick. He reckons the losing of the game is a whole nearly £2 million. Pound. Mm. How much longer can we soak that up as a game? I mean, you made the comment before we came on there that you reckon, you reckon we could end up going back to part-time rugby? Yeah, I do. And I honestly think that, you know, with, with all of what's going on in the wider world, that, that might be the best thing. That might be the best thing, to be honest, because, you, you know, there's got to be players out there now that must be worrying about whether they're going to receive their full contract money. We've already yeah. seen what's happened with Toronto. We've got furlough scheme coming to an end at the end of this month. We've got something that's but replacing when, well, it. But, but the Thalos game, where's that leave the championship guys? Well, exactly, yeah, because suddenly you've then got to start paying everybody, haven't you, again from yeah. the from the first of November? And that that's a that's a tricky that's a tricky situation when you've not had any games, you've not had any revenue, you can't sell season tickets because you don't know when the season's gonna be going. The only hope that they have is that hopefully they can get out all the all the shirts that they may or may not be wearing next year and maybe flog them to the fans. So just sticking with that one, uh, where I am in witness, uh, as we all know, Tim Sheen's resigned last week from his role, you know, just literally one year into a two-year contract. Uh, word on the street was, because the furlough scheme's ending, we just haven't got the money to pay him any wages. I wondered that, you know. I, I said that, actually, when I, when I read about Tim Sheen's how, going. Don't know how true that is, by the way. This is just rumours. No, the rumour mails like in, in the world of rugby league. Just one or two things I've heard on the streets from witness: the club have got no cash to pay him any wages. That's why he, he's resigned and walked. I did read a piece, I think it was from Matt Shaw in the League Express um, on Total Rugby League, saying about um, he was considering the fact that, um, again, witness was sort of having a little bit of a sticking point about whether he could actually appoint um, an, assistant an assistant coach. Yeah, yeah and that was that a sticking well. point as well. So, yeah, he, but... When when clubs have got to face the stark realities and the stark truths of, of moving forward, we're going to be having situations like this, aren't we? And unfortunately, there is going to be a, a, you know guys that won't be able to continue. And I'm really sorry to not see Tim Sheens continue in that role, to be honest, because I think he was starting to put together an excellent squad at Witness. But where well, does yeah, that... He's put, he's put a basis for a good squad for next season, though. Where does that leave the club, though? Because it's exactly the same as what happened this time last year when Kieran Pirtle up sticks and went across to Hull. And, and basically, he'd assembled the squad that they were looking at for 2020, hadn't he? Well, basically, it's a club, as we all know, without a coach. So they're looking for a new coach. And whoever comes in has got a set of players that he's going to be able to work with and just get on with it. Now, I know we don't normally like working on the rumour mill, but 
Who have you heard? Me love, me love on the, me love the room and Mel. Who have you heard for interested there at Whitney? So who's going to be the next Whitney's boss? What do you reckon? Well, everyone should put in two and two together and come up with five. I mean, Sean Long's being mentioned. Just left Harley Quinn's, of course. So I'm also hearing Sean Long could be in for the job at Hull or Huddersfield. So oh, there you oh, go. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I won't... Take, take your pick on that. <laughs> I don't know whether I'd be looking at him for the Huddersfield job because I, I just think that, you know, Luke Robinson, I know last time we were speaking, I think he just coached his first game in charge. Um, yeah. But I mean, they, they've gone on and they, they've done great, haven't they? I know they lost to, to yeah. Salford over the over the weekend, but, oh, you know, great. He's done great guns with that squad. Yes, yeah. Um, I think he's a bit too inexperienced to do the job on his own, so he needs an experienced assistant alongside him. But yeah, I mean, three jobs up for grabs. I'm sure there's plenty of coaches who've not coached for a while and look at them roles and think, you know what, I fancy a crap at that. You can almost hear the buzzing of keyboards, can't you? And, and laptops you can't, you and, can't. and TVs being opened. And uh, I'm, you just, know. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of coaches who. who who've had jobs who are no, no longer in the world of rugby league coaching there's quite a few isn't there, um, there, there is Sean Long being one of them there's Paul Anderson if he fancies it again yeah yeah he's over at uh, he's over at Warrington under 19's coach at the moment isn't he I think yeah yeah so will Paul Anderson fancy it will Andrew Henderson fancy stepping up as a head coach again well, you know, I mean, he's he's perfectly placed there at Warrington, isn't he? So he'll have been gaining yeah. so much experience over the last couple of years. Did a fantastic job with London Broncos, of course. Uh, I mean, one name being banded about was John Stankovic for the witness job. Oh, really? Yeah. We've not really heard much of John for a couple of years in rugby league circles, have we? But he did a no, good job at no. Rochdale. He did. Now, however, he fancies stepping into the role again, who knows? But I've heard his name being mentioned on the streets of Widmer. It'd be nice to get, you know, someone like John back in the game, wouldn't it? Who's well, not been around for a while. As well, speaking of former coaches and former players, Bobby Gilbert's name being linked with the Widmer's job as well. Oh, I'll tell you what, now, now that would be perfect. <laughs> I'd love Bobby but, to get back involved. But, Thing is, though, Parky, every time the business job comes up for offers, it's always Bobby Gillen's name pushed forward. <laughs> Guaranteed. Well, what about a Whitney Stream team, Bobby and Stanky? What do you reckon? <laughs> well, that's up to the current owners to maybe um, approach these guys and say, do you fancy it or not? I think, I think the fans would like it. I tell you one guy who's not up for it at the moment, and uh, he's over in Australia. That's Wayne Bennett because he's got South Sydney firing on all cylinders at the moment. Have you seen oh, any of their play over the last couple of weeks? Fantastic! I saw the game yesterday, and it's like oh, that attack's scary. It is, yeah, because you look... that attack is just unreal. Defensively solid, even though Parramatta scored um, a couple of quick fire tries in the first half, but second half, my word. And how quick's My the number word. nine, Damien Cook? Damien Cook is fantastic. What a what a dummy half runner he is. I can see him being in Super League shortly. <laughs> I don't think he's old enough yet. <laughs> he's not old enough yet. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him never go uh, in Super League if he, come, if he fancies it. God, he looks quick. He's very quick, isn't he? Yeah, I mean the he try is. he scored, he, he was, he, it was, it was halfback pace, wasn't it? The way that he darted through, it was like really, really quick acceleration. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping it works out for Wayne Bennett, you know, because he's took a lot of stick down under for the last couple of years, ever since he, he was over at uh, Brisbane and left them unceremoniously, and then of course he had his stint in charge of Great Britain, and I think maybe well, we were a bit harsh with him. I think over there his reputation was a bit battered, wasn't it? I mean, we had, we had him on this godlike pedestal for what he did in Australia, but never really worked out for him as the England and Great Britain coach. And it, it took a bit, it took a bit of a kick in here in the UK, doesn't it? But um, he's yeah. managed to swap cl- clubs over there, you know, going from Brisbane to Sydney, and um, 
seems to be doing a pretty decent job now. I know he's a head coach and he's going to get the pats on the back, but I've got a feeling Jason Dimitri has a bit more of the same matters there as well. Yeah, I mean, Dimitri is due to step up, I think, after the end of next season and actually take that role on full-time. And he's another guy that I'm really pleased it's worked out for because I remember interviewing him when he was over here. Obviously, he came over, first of all, and played for Charlie and Witness, didn't he, before that he long did. stint with Wakefield. Wakefield. And then went coaching at Keithley. Yeah. You know, he's learned the ropes and went back over and he's doing it with the... Uh, what were they called? Northern Territory in the Queen, Queensland Cup? Is he, that what they called? He did. He went with the Mackie Cutters, I think, in the Queensland Cup. Was? Yeah, right, and, okay. and he got them to, to finals. I think he won the competition once or twice with them and then right. got got on the uh, coaching staff of Brisbane Broncos when, obviously, Wayne Bennett was there and then Wayne took him over to, uh, to South Sydney then. So, yeah. Um, I, I really hope that it works out for him as well. But um, interesting with Bennett as well, he's also took the Queensland job on for the, just, this really? season, just this one season, just this one campaign. Because uh, right. obviously, yeah. since we last recorded, Kevin Walters has gone into the head coach's job at Brisbane Broncos as well. All right, cool. So plenty of changes within Australia as well. Speaking of former players who used to play in the UK and have ended up with um, assistant roles or coaching jobs in Australia, I noticed when I was watching one of the Sky games, um, Shane Millard has popped up in the NRL as a, as a, as a, as a coach. Now, he was a, he was a half-decent player, wasn't he, for, for both yeah. Wigley and Wigan? And London Broncos. And London Broncos. Yeah, I forgot about Lee spent stint with London Broncos, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, a right nuggety player right in the middle of the field, wasn't he? He was definitely there and thought, wow, there's a, there's a face in the past. And, of course, the Roosters, reigning champions, they were looking to go three grand final wins on the trot. They're not going to be there. They got beat by Canberra Raiders. Oh, right, OK. Without being an Australian rugby league expert, uh, having seen South Sydney play yesterday, I think they've got to be up there and we can't not, we can't go against Melbourne Storm, can you? Oh, Melbourne Storm are there, thereabouts. And then, at, at, at risk of not mentioning, Penrith Panthers as well, they've had a brilliant season. Right. I think they're on a, a real long winning run as well. And when you get on a roll like that and you've just got win after win after win after win after win, it becomes a habit, doesn't it? Anyway, moving away from Australia, focus on rugby league here in the UK. For me, Parker, I think the top four is done and dusted, isn't it? Uh, it's looking rather comfortable, isn't it? I think the, well, I think the top three are nailed on. I think the fourth spot is between uh, Catalans, Leeds Rhinos, would you say? Although Wellington have dropped out the top four after getting beat by Wigan, haven't they? This win percentage really turns the games on its head, doesn't it? It does. And then again, you've also got, if Huddersfield continue the run, surely they're still within a shot, aren't they? Right. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't that, know. Even though Wellington have dropped out when they got beat by Wigan, they got a bit of a, good, got a, bit of a free run on, on Tuesday with, with Leeds Randall. Because they're bound to be thinking about the chance court. Oh, without doubt. I'll tell you what, if I was Richard Agar, I'd just be naming all those players they named last week against... Uh, Catalans, you know, to have a, another shot, really. So it'd yeah. be all, all your edge players, all the guys who haven't been getting regular game time, you'd be chucking them in, wouldn't you, you know, to have a go? Right, right, right. And I mentioned, let's not talk about Australia, but I suppose you've got to um, talk about the big story over there regarding Sam Burgess. Yeah, Sam Burgess. What's going on there? Oh, who knows what's going on there? Messy, really. isn't it? Messy. It, it seems messy, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I say, I don't know how much we can actually say about it other than what's no, been in the newspapers. But, yeah. um, you know, th there's various allegations that, you know, he's he's 
been uh, using drugs of certain prescriptions, etc., etc. There's uh, domestic abuse, there's gambling, there's alleged allegations of the club covering up his behaviour as well. It's a right mess. But, I mean, one thing that I do just want to say is that, you know, they've got to approve all this, haven't they? It's just appeared in the newspaper, and it's interesting that it's appeared right at the time when South Sydney are heading into the playoffs, isn't it? Well, he's done the decent thing by stepping down from his role at South Sydney, so it takes the heat off them and to take a bit more heat out of out the situation with him as well. He stepped away from his TV role as well, so he's done the best move by doing that. But it'd be interesting to see how that how that one pans out. But you know, you know, with the NRL, they don't look about if you do stuff like that, as um, the former Saints player found found out. What's yeah, his name? Ben Barber. Ben Barber yeah. was, was booted straight out, wasn't it? Can you, can you remember his name? That's showbiz for you. Although I did notice he popped up playing um, Aussie Rules football, hasn't he? He has, yeah, yeah. He's been a star in Aussie Rules football in northern Queensland, uh, I think. Okay. So, yeah, the NRL, the, the, the powers that be there don't knock about, do they? Definitely not, definitely not. So I guess that's one story that we'll just be keeping our eye on, isn't it, Adrian? Yes, yeah, because like I said, Sam Burgess, his image has been shown to be uh, squeaky clean, hasn't it? It's took, it's took a bit of a kick in mm. the last two weeks, hasn't it? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, right, we're nearly out of time, but we, we did pose a question earlier on in the show, didn't we, we did. about the uh, the what what was the eldest halfback pairing? Was it the Jewsbury pairing of Liam Finn and Paul Sykes or the anticipated West Wales starting uh, halfback pairing of Gavin okay, Henson and Rangi Chase? Put everyone out of the misery. Who was it then? Finn and Sykes. They are oh, up right, to okay. 75 years of age between the pair of them. Wow. And they're still enjoying the rugby. Still enjoying the rugby. Still two fine players as well at championship level. It must oh, be so. Listen, I, I was at the last game that was played for, for them against Wigan's Vikings, and them, and them two were sensational. Very clever, aren't they? Both clever. Yeah. And, and, and seem to complement each other as well there. Hmm. Uh, just so how old are the other two then? Well, yeah, just to put you out of the misery on the other ones, the other two are, have a combined age of 72. So Rangi Chase is 34, Gavin Ensign's 38, Finn's 36, Sykes is 39. I know the championship are not going to be playing this year, but hopefully when they do get up and running again next season, then two will still be involved at West Wales. I hope so too, yeah. Fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything crossed. And uh, that's us done and dusted hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to us I'm going to say all roads to Wembley isn't it all roads After to Wembley on Tuesday yeah. Wellington on Tuesday Wembley on Saturday let's go let's go let's go the final hooter with Adrian Jackson and David Parkinson